Hello, and welcome to Paideia Conversations, where we dialogue about all things Paideia. I am your host, Melissa Cummings, from Paideia Northwest. This is where you can listen in as Christian mamas discuss our purpose to raise our children in the nurture, admonition, instruction, and discipline of the Lord, His Paideia. Joining me today for this Paideia conversation is my co-host, Jen Disher from Paideia Southeast. And our guest today is Cindy Rollins. We invite you into this conversation with us as we continue to practice, pursue, and implement Paideia. From day one, Isaiah 40, one through five, comfort ye, Comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And from day 25, Revelation 5, 12 through 13, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. My friends, these are words of the Lord, and we give thanks to God. Today, as we get to visit with Cindy Rollins, the author of Hallelujah, Cultivating Advent Traditions with Handel's Messiah, this is the reason, this is the point. In her book, Cindy says, This is one thing I appreciate about the liturgical year. When it becomes a part of your family culture, it can have a stabilizing effect. As life swirls around us, we have the familiarity of the same activities, traditions, smells, sounds, and words to keep us anchored. And what better to be anchored to than the church, the bride of Christ, and as the bride of Christ, to Christ himself. She also says, we will straggle through the week after Christmas, celebrating one birthday and the new year, but the major festival of the year is now over. I enjoy a couple weeks of recovery by reading, reading, and reading. We are then all ready to return to normalcy, but not without the memory that we are a Christian family and we have a Messiah. 
I'm delighted to introduce to you today my friend, my mentor, Cindy Rollins. Cindy, have you met Jen? Um, have we met Jen? <laughs> you know, we actually did a few years ago at a Cersei concert conference in North Carolina. But okay, yeah, long I know time your ago. name, and I know you're familiar, but I'm. Yeah, I, I have a hard time keeping up with that kind of stuff. So Jen is working with Heather Tully and some other friends down north of Atlanta doing the yeah. Paideia Southeast stuff. So I know. Okay. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's really fun. And Jen has been so gracious and we've had a lot of fun chatting with some people on this sort of medium. But yeah, you look beautiful, by the way, Cindy. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> I need to hear that because I'm having a big birthday this week. <gasps> That's right. Oh, it's, the, it's the sixth because I just read yeah. it in the book yesterday. Yes. I've been saying to the whole world. St. <laughs> Nicholas, right? Yeah. Yeah. St. Nicholas's Day. So That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. So what are you doing for your birthday? Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to go. Well, we're going out to eat somewhere and we're having like a birthday here and a birthday there. Just different pe college boys coming home. Nice. People not. So um, my husband's going to celebrate with me on Monday and then um, with my daughter and my mother. And then when the college kids come home, we'll do something with them. Yeah. Oh, fun. Well, it's nice to see sunshine in both of your, yeah. <laughs> both of your rooms because I mean, here it's still dark and I'm in my closet with my closet door closed. Yeah. It's gray, right? It's the darkest time of the year. And here, up north I feel like it's darker than where yeah. you yeah you are <laughs> yeah so yeah definitely yeah uh, well thanks for taking some time just to it's so nice to see your beautiful smile but then just to chat for a few minutes this advent season so both Jen and I have been encouraged by your book hallelujah and I have the I have this one but then I also I realized I still have this one too oh look at that <laughs> Jen and I have both of them right here. I have both too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So was it just last year in 2020 that the second one came out? Yes, it was. We okay. redid it last year with Blue okay. Sky Daisies and um, they did a fantastic job on it. Wow. I got to upgrade some of the essays, which I'm very pleased about. Got, got a poem from Thomas Banks. That was really fun. And yeah. I just love the new, the new one. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, Cindy, could you take just a moment to briefly introduce yourself and uh, maybe tell us why you wrote this? Okay. Well, I am Cindy Rollins. I um, I'm a mother to, I have nine children who are all grown up <laughs> and just about to have 15 grandchildren. So I'm excited about that. Um, and I wrote Hallelujah because um, I love the whole Christmas season. And um, when I first wrote it, when I first started celebrating Christmas with my family, I was coming off Christmas traditions with my, you know, my family of origin where I came from. But I didn't really know anything about this idea of Advent. But slowly as I read and was thinking and, and really reading cookbooks, I started to realize that there was a different time of year called Advent that led into Christmas. And um, I just love that idea. And I had a little book called uh, a Lutheran Advent book that I used. I loved it. I picked it up on some table somewhere 
and I had used it for years. It was just little family ideas. Really, it was not that dissimilar to Hallelujah. And we had done that for years. So then, you know, I decided as I was, you know, I don't know if you're asking me about the book or about actually Hallelujah, the, the Messiah and all, the whole, the whole shebang. But, well, we, um, we can get to the whole shebang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so then I just decided I had made up a little, you know, Hallelujah, Messiah schedule for my family. And we used it every year. And then one day I realized, well, I, I love this idea of putting this in a book, like the little book I used. And I'd like to do that too. So that's sort of how the book was born. Yeah. I love that. Jen, do you want to ask her about how she's cultivating, how she did it differently as a mother versus a grandmother? Yeah. What does that look like now, Cindy? Do you have any opportunities to cultivate Advent traditions with your grandkids? I don't know how close you live to some of them. Like how, how, how has that transition looked now with your kids mostly being out of the house? Right. No, not really. I mean, with my grandkids, I gave a few of them a copy of Hallelujah, the older ones when it came out, uh, the new one, I gave them a copy of it so that they could kind of um, remember it. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe have that. Um, I signed it just particularly for that child. And I don't see my grandkids a lot during the holidays. Um, mm-hmm. I used to see them either, you know, a couple weeks before or a week after and, or I visit them, but you know, I still have college kids that come home for Christmas. So my husband and I just don't pick up and go and our house is small. Um, and I wish it was, I wish we had gotten a bigger house. I love my house, but I wish I had a bigger house in a way because then it would make it more conducive. Now, if we all want to get together, we really just basically have to rent something somewhere. So um, we concentrate a lot on Thanksgiving and then everybody kind of does their own um, Christmas things. But Mm -hmm. I do, I do have books and stories. I send them Christmas stuff. I send them Christmas packages and and that sort of thing. Well, and I send them cookies because- Yeah, my love language has always been cookies. And um, that is one way I can. And and I love a couple years ago, one of my little grandsons, oh, Cece, you make the best cookies. So (laughs) I feel like I wear that badge very proudly. That's great. Um, So I loved hearing that the book, the Hallelujah book was born out of a tradition that you were already doing and sort of compiling on your own. I didn't know that. And that's I, I love that. So oh, yeah, do, you, do, do you, do you remember like what it, um, what specifically, um, what kind of grabbed you and, and led you to, to do the Messiah in the first place? I do. I remember that very well because, um, and it, years and years and years, we did it before, um, I even thought of turning it into something to sell to other people. And, and I love that, that the thing is like, I got up this morning and did the hallow, I did my hallelujah devotions and and use, I had to pick up the book and fit. What day are we in? As a matter of fact, I was a day behind. So I had to do two parts today, which was fine because I had time to do that. But that's one reason I love it so much. It's not something that gets you behind. You don't feel stressed and worried. But we, I, one day it was, so we had all these Christmas devotions that we would do in our family. We, morning time during the whole month of December was always all Christmas, the whole time reading aloud Christmas books, reading Christmas passages in the Bible. 
And I would use different Advent materials and they would always be uh, focused on the prophecies concerning the coming of Christ in the future. And Mm -hmm. as I was listening to Messiah one day, well, I bought a CD of the Messiah, which is the St. Martin in the Fields um, Messiah. And Blue Sky Daisies has a resource page for Hallelujah. So if you're wondering what what, um, Messiah to use, I won't go into that here because it it's confusing but go to blue sky daisies go to their resource page hit hallelujah and you can find all of that but i will link messiah, that make it easy yes <laughs> my messiah had a libretto a libretto of the I words know, each so- day i mean each, it wasn't days it was just this is this this one this one this one this one and every year i'd be looking over that and then one day it just clicked with me well these are the prophecies that we're doing in these devotions what if we just did these devotions with the CD? And so I started to just read the Bible passages and play the CD. And, and of course, then the CD became a, you know, an MP3 and then it became a streaming. <laughs> you can find it all over the place, but um, it, it was just, it was just a no brainer at that point. And really, uh, I just feel like it was the Holy Spirit bringing a bunch of things together that I, that kind of, in a way that I, I don't know, it just kind of all came together. I was like, duh, well, this, this is the, you know, this has already been done um, by handling mm. these verses together. And what I also love about Messiah, some people use it for Easter. I mean, you can listen yes. to it all year round, but it, I like the idea of remembrance. So we remember mm-hmm. the things in the past, yes. the prophecies concerning the coming, the first coming of Christ, but Messiah takes us beyond that to remember that we have a future hope in Christ we're going to have a second coming and it ties us both together so beautifully mm-hmm. that um Christmas really is a wild celebration of this coming of Christ not just the, that he came but that he is coming again I love that I love that <laughs> me too I I did not grow up with Advent um, at all. And I think the things that I'm most attracted to use for my family are the things that do that putting Christmas in a broader context of mm-hmm. okay, the, the past and then his coming and then the future. So like the Jesse tree and then even Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb, that music yeah. seems kind of in the same family. Right. And, and that is, those were some of the resources I was using before, especially the Jesse tree stuff. I was using some of that. And then um, it was like, oh, the, this Messiah really fits perfectly in with those ideas. So something you say in Hallelujah, you say, our family has done this year after year after year so that Messiah is part of our hearts and minds. In addition to this simple method that you use in the book, I sometimes have the whole oratorio playing in the background just as a remembrance. So there's that word again, remembrance. Yeah. <laughs> And I love that because it does, it's just a beautiful way to hold those words and the tune as well mm-hmm. in our hearts, in our mind and have it playing in the background and in the forefront. But you say, Advent is a time of anticipation and joy. What I love most about using Messiah as an outline for the season is that it is just so simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Yeah. It is. It's so simple. It's available everywhere. It is scripture. It's familiar. And yet when we spend the time to meditate on it, to focus on 
these details that this book helps us walk through. Mm -hmm. It's also profound. Yeah. But I love that balance of simplicity with the profound. It's so encouraging. A couple things happen. First of all, music touches our emotions as well as our, you know, the scripture touches our mind in a way and the music touches our emotions and it kind of brings it all together in a very, very simple way so that, you know, we're not, sometimes we get these devotions for our families and we're reading these long passages and then, then we're, you know, the kid, it's just like the kids are just, blah, you know, it's just tuned out, but this is something ongoing. So that each year as they're hearing the same music over and over and over again, it's becoming instilled in their hearts. And hopefully it'll be tied to some of the joy of Christmas that you have in your family, because joy is a very compelling. I love the, I love that it's, that there's, I mean, obviously there's a music, there's not just a musical element, it, it is music, but right. that, that helps so much with the remembrance. I, the, mm-hmm. the, the remembering versus memorizing kind of, yeah concept is is i feel like this is more on the remembering the remembrance end of that we're not requiring the kids to memorize the songs we're just playing them and we're doing it year after year and they throughout the year will sit around chanting we like sheep we like sheep yeah yeah (laughs) it just happens and uh, even in the, the shakespeare what i mean other things besides the messiah that you've included in the book will come to mind for my kids throughout the year right um and I'm not requiring that they memorize any of it. I love that they are, um, but it is right. just very gent- just that very gentle kind of repetition over that week. And then you move on to something else, but then year after year, it builds. Amen. And really that's the point of memory. The point of mem- memorizing is not so that we get these facts down or we get this mm-hmm. um, word perfect ideas, um, but that we have something in our heart that flows through and comes out appropriately and and I like to say that is available to the Holy Spirit also in the lives of our children to use mm-hmm. um, when when needed uh, we don't know when that is and yeah. but so much more important than I've got to memorize this mm-hmm. passage you know for, we want the passage in our hearts and love not oh yeah I remember that time my mom beat me so that I could remember <laughs> these this Bible verse <laughs> you say in here, actually just echoing what Jen just said, the entire Advent season is one of remembrance. We are remembering the birth of Christ, but we are also remembering that his birth was foretold over and over again in the Old Testament. And so that's where you go back to the prophecies and Isaiah and trying to think, obviously Isaiah, is it Micah and Malachi? I mean, Malachi. There's just, uh, almost all of the prophets, Psalms, uh, all through scripture from beginning to end, we have, I mean, the entire Old Testament is filled with foreshadowings of Christ and Messiah captures a, a good portion of that. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say the idea of that liturgical year, the church mm-hmm. year, this is the the beginning of the year. This is happy new year, church. Yeah. But not having grown up with a liturgical aspect, right? To that calendar, to that thinking of this is new year. This is the beginning. And yet this is looking forward. What has that looked like to cultivate that for you, not even necessarily in your motherhood, but just as an individual, what's that like to have that perspective 
now? Well, it's become more and more important to me the older I get. And one of the reasons I believe it's so important is it ties us to the worldwide church of Christ that we don't stand alone. Um, you know, we're, we're not the last man, man, men standing as, uh, you know, Jesus said, God said to uh, Elijah, or, you know, it was Elijah when he said, I alone, I'm alone left on the earth. Mm -hmm. The liturgy reminds us that there are people all over the world that follow these tradition traditions and follow this calendar and that are reading these verses and are, you know, singing these songs at the same time that we are, and we belong to Christ, all of us, you know, that who, who call upon the name of Jesus belong to Christ and the church calendar just ties us together a little bit. It just gives us a little solidarity. And I love that it does that. And it's mm -hmm. increasingly important for me. It, it gives me so much joy if I get out like the book of common prayer. <clears throat> And I'm reading for the day, those verses to think I'm not reading these by myself. I'm reading these mm. with other people in the world that are reading these verses today. So um, there's a, that is one aspect of it. And I, I think it brings some, some majesty and some, the idea of worship that um, to our lives. It, I think the church calendar reminds us that it's not about us. It's, it's about something far bigger than us. And that I like it for that reason. Um, just as I grow older and, and like you, I didn't come from a tradition that even knew what the church calendar was. It, I genuinely was reading a cookbook when I'm, she had all these feast days and this, do this, do this. And that appealed to my heart in some ways. And we mm -hmm. see that God has made that in the Bible. He set up this idea that there are days for feasting and there are days for fasting. And, um, and those all, um, because as humans, he's made us this way in his image. So I think this very much appeals to our spirits. I like how you remind that there's the time for both feasting and fasting in scripture. Mm -hmm. And I know reading about sort of the history of Advent, and I think you talk about that in the book, how in some traditions or in some families even, there's more of a penitential mm -hmm. side to Advent, more in line with what a lot of people do with Lent leading up to mm -hmm. Easter. Advent can be more of a penitential season of fasting and pondering and putting off the celebration until yeah. Christmas Eve and then focusing on those 12 days of Christmas. But I love that it's not prescribed, no. right? That we can use the book Hallelujah in a different way, depending on your family, depending on how the Lord is leading that particular household to honor and set aside and make these days special and remembrance. So I love that too, that it can be used in different ways. I happen to use it the same way you do, but I know not yeah. everybody does. No, it, it can be used in different ways. And, and, and I, I truly believe that the more simple your traditions are, the more likely they are to get repeated. And that's going to give them way more power. The more we complicate it, the, the less powerful they become. Because um, for one thing, we're stressed out and worried and we're trying to get these things in that we can't, you know, with a family, things are going to 
happen to interrupt things. That's why it's, there's nothing wrong with finishing. Um, how, like if you get to Christmas and you're ha only halfway through, why not just keep going? You can go into January. You, excuse me. You can go into February if you want. Um, you know, I think the plodding along as a mama, the family is more important than the actual accomplishing some great feat of, you know, getting it all in during the holidays. Amen. Well, kind of on somewhat related, Cindy, how do you, um, how did your Advent celebrations um, sort of change over the years as you, as your kids started, you know, getting older, leaving home, um, and maybe kind of like any tips or perspective you might offer in kind of rolling with those changes and the, the flexibility, uh, the flexibility that's needed there. Yeah, rolling with change is, I always say, adapting to change is really a key to happiness in life. If you can't adapt to change, you are not going to enjoy life at all, <laughs> especially as a woman, because our lives, I believe that in the lives, women's lives change more drastically often than men, um, men, men's lives, men, you know, man goes and gets a career and then he spends his life doing it and then he retires and that's a major change for him. But a woman, you know, she's nursing, she's, pre I mean, she's pregnant first and she's nursing, she's having children, she, you know, she's building a home in the early years. And then just about the time she gets that home all perfect and the way she wants it, and she's got Advent going the right way, somebody grows up. And then it has to change again because it's a drastic change to lose even one member of a family because everybody's role changes. And then that person, you know, everybody settles back in, boom, there it is again. And mom is in the center of all this change. And, you know, then she's caring for her parents and maybe even her husband's parents and all these things. And she's a grandmother. This is just massive change. And sometimes we can feel like there's something wrong that change often feels wrong to us because um, it's a change, it's different and we don't, we don't know how to adapt to it. But adapting to change is really, really important and, and accepting the changes as they come. Some are gonna be good, good and some are gonna be bad and some indifferent, just, just things you have to adjust to. But just knowing that it's okay if your life looks a little different one year than it does the next. I've had seasons where it looked like my nest was completely empty and it was going to stay empty. And right now, out of the blue, three children, uh, two college boys that had lived in apartments downtown ended up moving back home. And my daughter's here too. So all of a sudden, my totally empty nest is now filled with you know more people. And, and that's a, a change. I mean, I'm loving it, but um, it, it is a change. It is Oh, suddenly I, I, you know, I have to rearrange my schedule to to fit the change, mm -hmm. and um, I can't, you know, I have to be willing to adapt to that. So, all of life is like this, and we don't know. For women, I feel like it's much more. Life is much more fluid, and um, and I, I just I know that some changes can feel really hard, and they can feel like you can't adapt to it. But if you're all alone, you can still do many of these things. This is where the church calendar comes in. And I was all alone for several advents and I, I was doing these things that reminded me not only of my time with my family, but of my primary relationship, which is with Christ. And that's always 
going to be there, always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. He is changeless. So mm-hmm. now if we cling to him, then we just, we can get through all these changes uh, so much better and so much more mm-hmm. peacefully than if we're, um, we're, we're like the Bible says, what is it? Torn by every wind of, mm-hmm. of doctrine. You know, we can mm-hmm. become very fragile and easily pulled to the right or to the left if we're not centered on the changeless one. <laughs> Love that. On a on a practical note, as you kind of backtrack even from kids leaving the house and just, you know, maybe even like high school kids getting jobs and schedules looking different, homeschool schedules looking different and, and needing to kind of flex there. Did you did you find yourself just flexing to include those kids or was it kind of like different in different seasons where would you hold off on the Advent celebrations till they were home or how? Do, I don't know. Any, All that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. The first, at first, I was very reluctant to let anything go, like morning time. I was reluctant to let anybody fly away, anybody change, anybody go to work. You know, sometimes I found myself saying, well, we'll wait till they get home. Yeah. And then one day I realized, oh, you know, this is the beginning of the end. They're not coming home, <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> so you're going to have to adapt here. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's okay just to say, you know what? everybody's not going to be here for this. It's better to do a little bit um, in the morning, maybe with whoever is there, whomever is there. (laughs) And, and then just be okay with the fact that, Hey, this other, this, the other child that's like flown the nest or not available at work or whatever is still benefiting from the rhythms of the family. Mm. Even if they're not there, they see that those rhythms are going on. Hmm. And that means they're important. So you kind of just have to take solace in that. And then eventually when they start their own homes and their own families, then they'll find those things coming back. I feel like that's really sweet. It addresses that idea of purpose cultivation of -hmm. family traditions and the blessing that that is. I mean, you can try to do all the things. You can throw it all out there and see what sticks. Yeah, but I feel like that idea of purposely cultivating, mm-hmm. purposely planting and seeing what the Lord brings from the harvest. I feel like that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I do too, that you purposely do these things. And that is once again, why Messiah is so perfect for this season, because you can easily do this every year and it not grow old, it not become... Mm-hmm. Uh, something stale or you know it's not just mom yakking away in, in the background about you know this and that and the other thing it's it's really centered on Christ really centered on the scripture mm-hmm. and, and the music is beautiful so um, it, it's a simple tradition that can easily be repeated whereas sometimes I mean we had years where we were doing whole crafts around the nativity you know we make this this day we make this that day and those are fun years but those aren't the years that are going to be continually um, repeated year after year after year, because mm-hmm. it would be hard mm-hmm. and it would be inappropriate at times. Whereas this is appropriate in every season, whether mm-hmm. you have an infant in a crib mm-hmm. or you're all alone like me in the mornings with your devotion. Mm-hmm. I hadn't honestly thought of that element of it, but it's, it's true. It is something that you, that you grow into and it's age appropriate the whole time. And it also doesn't go, cause like you said, it's, it's straight scripture. I mean, it's right. just, it's just all scripture and scripture never gets old. So that's, I love that. 
Yeah, living and active. So you can't go wrong mm-hmm. with scripture. Yep. What was your connection with Greg Wilbur? Speaking of the connection to the music, mm-hmm. because he talks in the book about the actual listening, what mm-hmm. to listen for. What's your connection with him? He's my friend. <laughs> and I, I said, Greg, could you do this? And he said, sure, I'd be glad to. Um, <laughs> I've known Greg a long time. As a matter of fact, he was our, um, we went to uh, Parish Press um, mm-hmm. in Franklin, Tennessee, was our church. And Greg was the song director at that church. He's at a sister church to that at this point at Cornerstone, and also in Franklin, Tennessee, now and Greg is a composer he has written church music he has several albums that you can get on iTunes of church music very beautiful church music we like to listen to his music on Sunday mornings put him on and listen Um, but uh, so Greg we had gone to church with Greg and um, I continued knowing him over the years so I just he was the first my first go-to person who who could do this who could explain this music um, and, and Greg did that for me and, and Greg, we, this summer, I had, uh, my mom's summer discipleship course, which I run every summer. And we have a, we always do, um, uh, a composer. We always study a composer during that time. And this year we did Vivaldi the four seasons and Greg, I asked him to do a class on that for the, oh. during the summer, he came in, he blew that music wide open I I mean I love the music and the music stands alone but for someone to explain the way he did the music was so phenomenal so Mm -hmm. he's just a very talented musician he understands Mm -hmm. classical music and um, he understands church music so he he was just the go-to guy yeah and he is heavily involved with New College Franklin which is a great Mm -hmm. place if you're looking for somewhere to send your um, children to school or um, that that is a very wonderful place. I've enjoyed, I've like, I like his, his commentary on the, in the hallelujah book a lot. I, I don't read it all aloud to my children, but I'll pull out bits yeah. and it gives them something to look for. And then when they're listening, mm-hmm. um, just things to recognize and their understanding is, has grown over the, the years. It's, it's been yeah. neat to see. Starting tomorrow, we'll be using little bits of that in our weekly co-op for the next mm-hmm. few weeks oh, during fun. Advent, um, during our collective will be listening to the Messiah. And so I'll be sharing bits from Hallelujah and specifically sharing some of Wilbur's perspective and what to look for. Mm-hmm. So I get to share that a little more broadly. That'd be great. <laughs> well, as we wrap this up, what are you reading and listening to besides maybe Hallelujah and the Messiah this Advent season? Yeah, this year. So I usually read Malcolm Geitz for several years. I've read Malcolm Geitz poetry uh, book for Advent, which I love, but I've read it now a couple of times and I wanted to go different, you know, a different direction. So I am one of the things I'm reading is uh, Sinclair Lewis. uh, I mean, Ferguson, what's his name? Sinclair Ferguson has (laughs) two Advent um, devotionals that I've downloaded um, to my Kindle and I haven't started them yet, but I'm excited about those because they're they're very, from what I understand, they're very meaty and full of, um, I, I, I'm like, should I read one this year and read one next year? Or should I just do it both? You know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm also 
for fun, I'm reading this. Um, our book club is uh, doing Christmas at Thompson Hall and other stories by Anthony Trollope. They're oh, Christmas fun. stories. So we usually, so we eat, our book club has done like one year we did a Christmas Carol and then the, the Dickens, the chimes. And we're, we had run out of Dickens stories. We did the cricket on the hearth. So we're like, what can we read? So somebody found these Trollope stories. So we're gonna, the, Trollope has some Christmas stories. Connie Willis has some Christmas stories. So these, those are just fun uh, side side Christmas reading. Um, I'm gonna read the Madeline L'Engle um, Christmas uh, book, which is called, um, uh, I forget what it's called, but I'm, I'm gonna be reading that this year. I've actually started it, but I don't know the title of it. So um, Bright Evening Star. A mystery in the incarnation so mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that I like Madeline Langle's books and um, I'm, I'm excited to read some of that so those are those are a few I tend to overindulge in Christmas reading during the holiday season so hopefully um, but I have actually pulled out some books that I started last year for Christmas de devotions and didn't finish and I, I'm just gonna I'm not going to start over on those books. I'm going to just pick up right where I left off and, and maybe I'll finish them this year. So. That's such a good idea. Yeah. Cause you get I, discouraged. And then next year you think I'll start over. I'll start over. So you've read like the first five chapters of something <laughs> 20 times and never gotten to the end. That's so that's some wise. Good, that's some good plotting. I love it. <laughs> oh, well, this idea of building expectation and anticipation during the Advent season, hope and joy and cultivating tradition. It's just lovely. And I'm so thankful not only for you spending the time this morning, but for the time that you spent putting together this book and for how you've shared stories from your own motherhood. It's encouraging for those of us who are in these trenches, sitting in our closets with the laundry <laughs> and the Christmas presents piled over there the reason we do these things, the reason is Christ. And it's connecting not just with our children, not just with this season, this year, but with, like you said, the church at large and the church throughout time, because it's about our relationship with Christ and what he has done for us and the incarnation and that miracle. I just really appreciate you taking the time to chat about all of those things with us this morning, Cindy. Well, thank you for asking me. I love talking about Advent, so it's always fun. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, Cindy, it's been a joy actually just to get to know you over the last couple of years. And just on a personal note, praying for you and seeing the Lord continuing to work, it's such mm -hmm. a blessing because I think we can get caught up in that idea of here and now. And my kids are all still little. We don't even yet have a high schooler, but that the Lord is still at work in your motherhood. Mm. And yeah. I love that. And it's not about what you do. It's about what he does. Amen. It, the more, the older I get, the more I'm convinced of that, that it is, we do all these things and we're, we, we have to, we want to be faithful but it's Christ that gives the increase. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing that I remember. I asked you, I don't remember the exact question I asked you actually, but your answer to whatever the question was, is that God is faithful. Stop. <laughs> Full stop. God is faithful. That testimony that he brings through you is a blessing and an encouragement. 
Well, thank you. And he, and he definitely is faithful. <laughs> I, I know that this, I know. <laughs> well, happy Advent, Cindy and Merry Christmas and God bless you. We will talk again. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. You can pick up your own copy of Cindy Rollins' Advent book, Hallelujah, Cultivating Advent Traditions with Handel's Messiah. It's published by Blue Sky Daisies and can be found anywhere your favorite books are sold. And you can find Cindy at her website. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and in her Mere Motherhood Facebook community group. Her favorite place to connect with people is in her Patreon group. Thanks for joining us today. And thanks for listening in with Cindy as we talk about Hallelujah. Cultivating an Advent tradition is just one way of cultivating a godly paideia during this particular season with your children, for yourself, and continuing to pursue an atmosphere and a culture of Christ. And that brings today's conversation to a close. You can find more conversations on Paideia at paideanorthwest.com and paideasoutheast.com for more resources and practical encouragement. Join me again next time for another Paideia conversation. And in the meantime, peace be with you.